What's up, everybody? Hello! Welcome to this very fun episode of the Movie Boners Podcast. Sounded borderline official. Let's move on from that. Yep. Um, <laughs> what beer are you drinking today? <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Oh, it's not quite what I expected. Hey, that means I can use that as my... Uh... Hey, hey, my beer is not related okay. in any way, fashion, sure. or anything. Um, but... I don't know what I was expecting when I got this beer. I just mm-hmm. like the brewery and uh, just figured, well, let's see what this is like. And it's it's not too shabby. Uh, and that is how it matches <laughs> the episode, because I had no idea what I was going to watch or what to expect, <laughs> except like I like Terry mm-hmm. Gilliam. And uh, that was pretty much yeah, it's not bad. It's called Black Thunder uh, from Austin Beer Works here in Austin. That makes uh, sense. It's just a black lager. It's not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah. Um, How about you, I'm bud? Weirdly similar to you. And uh, so, first of all, I tried really hard to find a beer imported from Brazil for my beer for this episode because i thought that would be great and i couldn't find one in like the whole town so then i tried looking for a beer related to the theme of authoritarian governments with the power to have you killed and no real oversight or accountability if they make a mistake or anything like that i was gonna say no accountability which sounds like a very complicated um theme but I found a beer that matched that. So uh, my my beer is from uh, the Cerebral Brewing Company okay. in Denver, Colorado. Denver and Aurora, Colorado. And it's called Shadow Council. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it's similar to your black lager in the sense that mine is actually a black IPA. Oh, all right. So that's kind of a funny crossover. Nice. nice. Look at us. Uh... It's very good. I'm so curious to get into this movie with you, but I know we got a few housekeeping things. And I think the black beers work because it's kind of a black comedy. Black comedy. uh, Black is typically associated with being kind of bleak, and it's kind of a bleak world uh, story. Uh, Yeah, yeah, it's a... We nailed it. (laughs) Go us! <laughs> yeah! So, uh, before we get into much else, quickly check in on the movie draft. Uh, even though nothing has happened say, yet. Not, nothing's really... Nothing's Man, happened. look at those big numbers you and I are putting up, Jake. <laughs> oh, fuck, a name. Uh, God damn it. Yeah, the, the other thing that hasn't happened, I imagine, <laughs> is you choosing a name. Because you said you were going to do that at some point. Right. Uh, still a couple weeks away from our first movies coming out um our argyle being number one so but just so you know we're set we're prepped we're ready to rock and as soon as you figure out a name next time <laughs> we'll put it in there so that is i'm making myself a, a a big note to pick a team name Ooh, big note yeah <laughs> fantastic uh, that way it's screaming as far as good idea oh you wrote it on paper like a, like a old-fashioned like the old man i am yes <laughs> that's amazing you have pen and ink and everything i know it's like a quill basically 
Oh, that's too much. That's too much. <laughs> uh, yeah, Quills would be too hipster, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I guess other announcement things. There's a lot of stuff going on Instagram these days. So if you're not following us on Instagram and on YouTube, I'm trying to put everything that is interesting also on YouTube. Um, check us out there. You'll want to do that also pretty soon because in the next month or two, we're going to be start taking votes and notes on the first ever movie boners awards. And so there will be a lot of uh, fan input. It's a award show for the people is what we're going for. So, yeah. but the way we communicate basically is through Instagram. So if you're on there, very cool. If you're a new listener, we've had quite a bit of new followers based on some of the stuff from the end of last year, the, the top 10 when we were young, things kind of blew up on us and that was very cool. So we really appreciate it if you're here for the first time. Um, yeah, feel free to connect. We're super open, super low key and love hearing from you about all kinds of stuff, whether it's a movie you're watching or a episode topic, or you listen to this crazy episode from two years ago that we did and you have thoughts, you can still share. Do we, don't, we don't mind going back. <laughs> uh, have you seen anything new lately though? I did. I got a few okay. things watched. Um, I finally, finally watched good burger Two because I was so oh, okay. upset that you watched it before me. I had to like, <laughs> if I don't get this watch before we do this episode, mm. I'm not a true fan. Jake. That's true. You were not kidding. That movie is delightful. <laughs> I, right. I loved it from I the get go with like the talking burgers and shakes. I was like, yep, I am <laughs> completely sold into this movie. It was mm. so refreshing to watch something that didn't take itself serious, had no agenda except just to like be fun and silly. That was mm. fantastic. Yeah, that was a good time. Um, good. And then I had to watch a couple Christmas movies. So because sure. at the time of recording, it's it's the season. Um, so yeah. I've watched Candy Cane Lane on mm. Prime. I think it's on Prime. It's the new Eddie Murphy movie, Christmas movie. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that had some like silly fun moments. It's a Christmas movie, so it's like really not good, but at the same time you're like but it's warm and fuzzy and like there's a Christmas mm -hmm. lesson. Okay. It had some good moments. Isn't it like a family movie yeah, too? Yeah, very family movie, yeah. Okay. Um, and then I watched, I was like, well, Netflix had a shockingly entertaining, terrible, awesome Christmas movie last year with Lindsay Lohan. So maybe they'll have another mm -hmm. kind of similar thing. Like, let's check this out. So I watched best Christmas ever. Um, okay. And that was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Not the best Christmas. That, that ever, one huh? was bad. I was really, really disappointed with that one. Uh, was it fun bad like Lindsay Lohan's no, movie? No, no, it was just oh, no. It just wasn't good. Yeah, that's yeah. I didn't enjoy that one. But then, right. <laughs> but then, mm -hmm. Prime also has this uh, little Christmas special movie, animated movie called uh, "Merry Merry Little Christmas Batman." I think is what the full title is. Mm. A very mm. merry Christmas, Batman. It's one of those, and it's like full fledged 
family-friendly version of Batman and Damien. Uh, if Damien is eight years old and aspiring to be the next Batman, that movie okay. was freaking if he's, hilarious. If he's like not totally uh, fucked up, right? Right, like it, like it's the and... like happy version of Batman. Like, yeah, yeah, full of awesome references to every live-action <laughs> Batman. It, it was oh my god, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I was like, this is so cute. This movie rocks. And that was all I watched, I think. Nope, I'm forgetting something nice. else. Nope. Brazil was the other thing, but we're gonna we're gonna get into that. <laughs> we're gonna talk all yeah, about yeah. Brazil. So it was a very holly jolly uh, little watch fest for me, for the most part. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Yeah, it's that time of year for it. Um my only thing, I guess I watched a Christmas movie also. Um so I've watched The Grinch, but the 2018 yeah. Illumination animated one uh, had never seen it. I didn't know real desire to see it, but it's cute. Uh, my one year old. It is cute. My one year old son is it's one of the two movies that he is obsessed with um, that that and Toy Story 2. And so I've watched it a lot and <laughs> mostly in bits and pieces. But finally, I think have seen the whole thing. It, the animation's really good. It's a lot lighter and funner and less scary the grinch is less less grumpy less nefarious yeah so it's a little bit more fun than the than the other versions which is good if you have young kids um but it weirdly ties into this episode because there's a small <laughs> 10 second cutaway scene where he is like emotionally eating mm -hmm. and during that scene they play the song Brazil like over it. And I was like, Oh my God. Like I hear this song everywhere I go. now. That's kind <laughs> of freaky. Be good. Yeah. It was a very funny and hilarious moment when I realized what was happening. All right. All right. But yeah, it was good. I would recommend it. If you like animated Christmas yeah. things, it's a solid it's a, one. It's a cute little film. We watch it pretty yeah. regularly around this time of year. So okay. yeah. Nice. Yeah. I couldn't believe it was from 2018. I felt mm -hmm. like it was like from a year or two ago. And no. like, oh, shit. <laughs> Time is a construct. We've completely lost all grasp on it. So <laughs> that's very true. Very, very true. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's see. Other housekeeping things. You should subscribe on YouTube. That helps us out a lot. Um, it lets us do cool things. We need to build up our numbers. We're trying to grow the channel and make an effort to do that. So if you could do that, that would be awesome. We really appreciate you listening. Um, it's a very fun time. We hope it's fun for you as well. Uh, so tell anybody that you also think would like to have fun. We want to meet them and, and you can join us on Instagram. That's where we post most things. Uh, try to tease upcoming episodes there as well. So if you need to watch a movie that you've never seen before in order to keep up, you don't suddenly get a notification that, hey, we're watching this weird movie from 1985 that you've never heard of. Uh, and that way you can actually have seen it and enjoy the episode and all that good stuff. So yeah, Instagram's good. YouTube's good. Uh, but everywhere else you can find us, that's good too. And I think that's it. Make sure so, you're subscribed so that you can get entered into the contest that we got going on right now. Well, uh, the contest is over by this. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. The episode is coming out. So okay. Never mind, people. <laughs> never mind. 
I'm trying to cut fuck with that you. out of the episode. Trying to fuck with you. Uh, it worked. <laughs> let's get into the episode. It's let's it's do this. A new year, and that means another opportunity for me to make Dustin watch an obscure and bizarre science fiction movie that he's never seen before. It's true, and you had never seen this either. Um, also true. Yeah. I don't even know where to start with the, with this little discussion of ours. Um, obviously, heavy spoilers coming up. Um, nope, mm-hmm. scratch that. Not the spoiler part. Yeah, spoiling the hell out of it. But <laughs> well, I we, we should it. say whether we like unspoilery, kind of what we thought, in case anybody's like, should I bother or not? Uh, so we can give a little background and yeah, generally, that, did you like it or not? That's a good lead in, Jake, because. I inadvertently realized you watched it before I did. Mm -hmm. So we constant messages and, and like responses to shit. Right. And Uh so I saw one about Brazil, about someone talking about like, this is a great film. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, like it's Brazil. Right. So I clicked the message and I saw your response to it which was, Mm -hmm. I can't believe more people don't talk about this movie or something like that. Mm -hmm. Or people don't talk about this movie more often. And I was like, Oh shit, Jake watched it. As as I started like scrolling, I realized you guys were talking like kind of about the ending. And I was like, Oh good God. (laughs) Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I didn't even think that I might spoil it for you. Cause I should have though. We do share an account. (laughs) But it's okay. It's okay. It, it was not spoiled for me. Uh, it was funny how I got in that conversation because somebody had posted like a Christmas adjacent movie list mm-hmm. thing and they posted about Brazil. And so I was like, A, we're watching Brazil like this week. And B, I didn't know it was Christmas related at all. <laughs> kind of like how a couple of months ago, I didn't even know it was a science fiction movie. I thought yeah. like I had heard of Brazil, but I thought it was like I thought it was like that Mel Gibson movie, the uh Year of Living Dangerously. Like I thought it was oh, kind of okay. like that style. <laughs> and then someone was like, It's a sci-fi movie. I was like, What? And then I like saw a couple of images from it. I'm like, this is weird and not what I thought it was at all. And then for someone else to say, Yeah, it's also a Christmas movie, I was like, You're joking me. Like that can't be for real. I, I would it I mean it takes place during christmas time yeah i would say it's christmas adjacent i I would say it's it's like lethal weapon right like we don't consider lethal weapon to be an actual christmas movie but it's christmas adjacent because it it's during the holiday um yeah to all you people being like oh that's die hard too shut up it's a christmas movie don't argue with us uh, <laughs> yeah yeah we'll have to have that conversation another time we we stand firm on die hard being christmasy uh yeah so i saw your message and i was like mm-hmm. he's surprised more people don't talk about this movie and i was like that means he was extremely intrigued and or triggered by this movie like this movie must have like really tapped into jake's head and then Uh then i'm looking at our our like uh kind of category list that 
that you started up so that I could see, you know, oh, let's see what we got starting so we can start prepping and getting ready for that. Yeah, future episode. Future options. episode. And, and I won't say what category it was in, but all of a sudden Brazil was sitting there. And I was like, oh, this movie really got to Jake. This movie really got to him. I was like, all right, let, let's see what this bad boy is. Being a Terry Gilliam fan, like I really enjoyed Time Bandits. I really enjoyed 12 mm. Monkeys. Uh, obviously, all the Monty Python stuff from back in the day. It's fun. It's right. weird that's, as hell. That's mostly all I know. Yeah. Done. Yeah. You know, I, I love Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I love um, Dr. Parnassus. Uh, yeah. So it's, I was like, I kind of had an idea of what I was going to see just visually because mm -hmm. he has such a a weird view of the world because he, he never claims that it's like actually futuristic. It's like, no, this is just mm -hmm. like an alternate version, but his view of the world is always so mm -hmm. weird. It like, that's my favorite kind of science fiction, honestly, <laughs> where it's like, you can't really tell it's, it's kind of futuristic, but also kind of not. So yeah. you don't really know what time period it is. It's not dateable. He does date it. He says it's like sometime in the 20th century, but, but that's not even every, really like, there's like, <laughs> there's like computers that are certainly more advanced than 1985's computers but they have like little magnifying screens and then everybody dresses like it's the forties though. They're wearing like suits and hats and coats and stuff. So it's, it is, I like the style. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I knew kind of what the visuals were going to be, mm -hmm. but I went into this movie, not knowing what it was about, not knowing who was in it, knowing zero. Mm -hmm. And the first, like, the opening scene about HVAC ducks and, like, let, yeah. let central services come and give you our new ducks for your household. And we, they come in a variety of colors. I was like, what the hell? And then, boom. <laughs> is this a goddamn movie about ducks? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this? And then, giant explosion. Jake, yeah. I spent the... You're talking about the children of men scene. Yeah. Dude, I spent like the first half hour of this movie just being mm -hmm. like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> like, what the fuck is this movie? Like, every yeah. minute and a half, something new and weird or not weird like you would think or assume. It's just so random at first. Yeah. And unexpected. Yeah. It's not like over the top bizarre. But there is weird, different things it's, that happen for sure. A lot of them. Yeah. So first half hour, I was very lost. And I was even like, I kind of had an idea of just visually. But this mm. is something so Else. different. Like, I feel like I was watching 12 Monkeys on Crack. Uh, that's the <laughs> world it, it like really reminded me of. And... Mm. Uh, the first time I watched, when I ended that first viewing, I'm pretty sure I just kind of sat there and was like, I don't even know how to start taking notes on this movie. Like, what the mm -hmm. fuck was this movie? And yeah. then I watched it again, and I get it. I was like, <laughs> okay, Brazil's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, do you get it 
and you like it or do you just like get it like okay i at least know what's going no on. like and, and when i say i get it i don't mean like it's a hard movie to understand it's actually a really easy movie to understand there's nothing yeah it's pretty clear too complicated things um when i say i got it it was more of just like i understood gilliam's vision and the world that he created and he just kind of like the weird stopped being weird it just made sense. Mm -hmm. That's what I mean. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I really like this movie. <laughs> what about <Good>. you? <laughs> I'm glad you said that. I, I was like, it could go either way, honestly, because I think you'll like it. I think that you'll get it. I think you'll get the the themes and the importance oh, yeah. and the message and all that stuff. And the weird things are entertaining and the performances are entertaining. Yeah, I, I watched it for the first time. Never seen it before. And after the first time, no, in the middle of it, at, a, at about maybe a third of the way through it, two thirds of the way through it, somewhere in that range, I was like, I fucking love this. Movie. This is like <laughs> my ideal kind of movie. Not only is it weirdly science fiction, not only is it dystopian and anti-authority, but I also didn't really know who was in it either. And when... Robert De Niro shows up and his whole character, I was like, he's my fucking hero. He is like <laughs> the he's like a libertarian superman. He's just a an HVAC technician with a gun who's a mercenary operating on it AC outside the law. He's like the coolest dude ever. And uh yeah, and the whole the whole concept of it being kind of a dystopian society and and it, it's kind of 1984-esque. Everybody compares it to that, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's it's very, very well done and very brilliantly formulated, I think. I think there's a lot of levels to it, so I'm excited to get into it for this episode. But I highly recommend it if you like any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, it was... There was a lot in it both times that I watched it that I just, just kind of like this world that he's showing us, mm -hmm. it doesn't feel futuristic. I like never did it feel futuristic to me, which I like, I like yeah. undated uh, sci-fi, which we've talked about mm -hmm. in the past, um, but it didn't feel futuristic. It felt it to me it felt very like oh society got so kind of caught up and lost and being distracted with just some mundane random shit that they've mm -hmm. just let the world kind of like de-evolve into this bleak world where anything you do is considered a crime against the central mm -hmm. Uh, services agency or the um oh crap whatever they call it the the mission the of, information. of information yeah um yeah ministry of information yeah so like anything you do that's outside of what they claim as a regulation is like a federal crime and they're allowed to bust mm -hmm. into your home any way they see fit which is like the most ridiculous way to burst into a home but that fits <laughs> That fits the style. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, there was so much. I was like, this movie is just such a trip. 
such a trip. And <laughs> when De Niro showed up, mm-hmm. instantly I was like, fucking De Niro's in this too? Like, <laughs> what is this movie? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you expect a lot of the, like, British actors and stuff to appear in a Terry Gilliam joint, but I did not expect Robert De Niro. I didn't expect De Niro. I thought his character was a lot of fun. Uh, I actually thought the majority of the characters were a lot of fun in their own mm-hmm. stupid way. Um, because a lot of the characters are actually kind of stupid. All the like yeah. authoritative figures in it. Um, oh yeah. I think the boss at the beginning in home, <laughs> his character, mm-hmm. I loved his character because that first image of him of being like, he's lording over the workers who are like constant mm-hmm. movement. And then he goes in and when he tries to speak for the first time, he's got like that Mr. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and then you find out he's like just a, a sap. He's a like spineless little crybaby. Yeah. Essentially. He just holds that position by not really ever doing anything. <laughs> right. When any sort of responsibility comes his way, he doesn't know what to do. He with doesn't it. know what to do. And he, he makes sure he's able to pass the buck on to someone else. Um, yeah. I I was laughing at just most of the characters. I thought like, yeah, these guys are all funny in such a stupid way. Mm-hmm. They are entertaining. I I think the part that confused me the most because there is zero setup. There is nothing to prepare you at all mm-hmm. is for Sam's dreams where he's yeah. this warrior angel <laughs> flying through the clouds that scene mm-hmm. came up and I was like, what? Is this yeah. Insane? What? <laughs> <laughs> that is the one thing that the first time I watched it, I was like, I don't love this. Like, <laughs> I, there's a lot of this movie that feels kind of like it shares themes with like Blade Runner and other things. And the dreams was one of them, but it's like fit much more specific uh, and and I was like, I, I don't know that I love this. But then after watching it more and more, I was like, no, I get the yeah. point. And I kind of like how it informs Sam's path and mm-hmm. his motivation and all that stuff um, throughout that he actually kind of dreams to be a hero and and wants more. And, and inside of this authoritarian society, those are the kinds of people that really can't, uh, they don't fit in. Mm-hmm. You fit in if you follow the rules and and accept whatever's going on but dreamers especially are the kinds of people that they, they want more and i'm not really a dreamer but i i'm the other problem child which is like fuck you i won't do what you tell me kind of guy <laughs> i'm i'm the i'm the kind of guy that regularly semi-regularly cyber bullies politicians online so this movie did kind of appeal to me in that way but not, not in the same way that I think uh, Sam was. He's much more of a dreamer and wants that romance, wants that adventure and to be a hero. And, yeah. He, well, I totally understand Sam. His whole, like, he doesn't necessarily want to be a part of the path that's kind of, like, handed to him and kind of laid out mm-hmm. for him. He he's never actually been given like a chance to aspire to do anything he like feels driven to do or wants to do. So I I totally like after I under like kind of realized oh it's a dream 
And then it's like, oh, he's this is they're trying to tell you Sam needs something else in life. He's dreaming for something more. Um, yeah, totally understand Sam. And then you find out the connections that are used for him that he resents and kind of hates. And I feel mm-hmm. bad for Sam. He's like Sam is that character who kind of he I feel like he kind of represents everyone that does like the full-time job where you have to bust your ass just to, you know, break even or whatever. But the mm-hmm. better you're at your job, the more people are just going to pawn shit off onto you. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. this, this feels, yep. This feels right. <laughs> <laughs> I think at some yeah, point, everyone's true. kind of felt that, um, you know, what else was really weird to, to watch a movie have themes of Jake what terrorism is normal and people don't really (laughs) freak out about it anymore (laughs) yeah yeah and i you said a little bit ago that this movie is not kind of futuristic one of the things that i appreciated about it is that it's 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 very much based on the present also Mm -hmm. like there's it's not really futuristic in the way that it's it's really more hyperbolic. I think that it takes all of the ideas of that we have now real problems that we have now and just blows them up into larger proportions, whether it's authoritarianism or terrorism or whatever. Yeah. The fact, the fact that these bombings are occurring and nobody cares, like to the point that a restaurant can be bombed and everybody's (laughs) just like trying to finish their meal. Like they're less bothered by the bombing in the restaurant than you would be if a waitress dropped a tray now. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Everybody at least looks, but now nobody even looks when there's a bomb that goes off. They just like put up a divider and let everybody go on with their meal. (laughs) They raise their voices to hear each other talk about gossip or menu items mm. uh, so they don't have to listen to the screaming agony of people yeah. who are in the blast radius yeah, uh, fashion and a bunch of other bullshit. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Plastic surgery. Yeah, I was. So after I finished it the first time again, not knowing anything about it going into it, I was very much mm-hmm. kind of like this felt and not to sound like, uh, a broken record, but it, it felt very 1984. Yeah. It really did. And that kind of took me off guard. Cause that book I feel is very important and it, it's kind of a frightening book. Uh, if you mm-hmm. haven't read it, kids, the government doesn't necessarily want you to read it. So go read it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a very formative book that a lot of different things get compared to, but it's not, uniquely imaginative like it came up with this you like this fantasy that is specific to it mm-hmm. it really it's just it took what is happening in the real world just like this movie could easily have taken what's happening in the real world if 1984 didn't ever exist and come up with the exact same thing <laughs> right <laughs> like it, it's all based on human beings and and culture and our weaknesses and and governments and their their problems mm-hmm. and all of this stuff, um, and yeah, it, it's brilliant. But 1984 is and everybody's going to compare it to it because it is kind of the standard for that perfect version of that story. And this, I think, 
does a lot of this does a lot as well of like very similar themes um obviously it it doesn't it's not exactly 84 so it felt 84 mm-hmm. to me and like i said it also felt very 12 monkeys which also constant every time i watch that movie feels very relevant really anytime i watch 12 monkeys it feels like oh mm-hmm. this is very like we should be really focusing come on people <laughs> and um so when i when i watched this and i started like looking stuff up I was very drawn to the 84 comparisons and I had to laugh because Terry Gilliam never read the book, but he claimed mm-hmm. this is his version of 1984. So I thought, well, that's kind of yeah, funny. Just, that just heard about it. He, he knew what, what it kind of it. pertained to. So he thought, well, I'll, I'll make my own version of that kind of dystopian world based on what you said, mm-hmm. Jake, like the, the current, climate of stuff of just human behavior and and how quickly we let stuff go i probably laughed the hardest not at something mm-hmm. that's actually funny in the movie but just <laughs> a reoccurring theme in it because mm-hmm. well screens are everywhere yeah. in brazil everywhere yeah. Everyone is staring at the screen. Everyone is constantly. I think it's funny that like the actual screen is very small and everyone uses these giant magnifying glasses Mm -hmm. so they can see it better. That made me laugh that, you know, (laughs) your house, you turn your smart home on. (laughs) Right. And and out of the wall, your TV screen like literally turns so that it's in perfect view of wherever you're at (laughs) in your place. Um, Yeah. I I laughed very hard at that because I was just like <laughs> this right here is probably the most so far and that's pretty early in the movie but that felt the most <laughs> like yep he hit the nail yeah. on the head with this one this was not even a reach holy shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, the screens was a big one the other one when it took me a while to realize it but I think around midway through my second watch, I was like, oh, my God, that's us now was <laughs> the emphasis on information. Yeah. Like not only is the work at the Ministry of Information and, and the, the whole government seems to be based around this collecting and, and sorting and keeping information on everybody at all times. Um, but specifically the, the, the pipes, the ducts, the conduits of mostly papers that fly around the city and they send paper to each other and, <laughs> and documents through these pipes to everybody all the time. Um, it makes a very visual kind of futuristic Gothic kind of look in the film, but it's very functional for them that they're just sending this information all over all the time. And once I realized that I was like, that's, us we have those ducks all we have them underground and underwater and they're fiber optic but we're sending information all over the world all the time and and it's a giant clutter it's in the way it's always Mm -hmm. like actually inconvenient despite us saying that it's like oh no this is normal this is every day it's so convoluted yeah when i realized they're trying to like sell things to cover it up and make it a little bit more look nice kind of thing yeah Yeah, when i caught on to that too because i thought like what a weird of all the objects out there Mm -hmm. 
HVAC ducts is mm-hmm. perhaps the oddest choice and <laughs> like to uh, an object to focus on, especially so mm-hmm. early. And then the visuals throughout the film, everyone's home, every building except the government's building is like yeah. just jam packed with this shit. That's so ugly. And mm-hmm. when you realize like, Oh, it's, it's just full of the constant information being passed along. Like, yeah, this is not pretty. Ours is just like, we don't <laughs> see it. So it's kind of out of sight, out of mind, but yeah, Jake, you're right. It's yeah. there. Um, and it's such a bizarre, <laughs> like, you think that you're like oh that's pretty clever but then you think this movie came out in 1985 yep like before the internet was ever invented and it's basically exactly the internet (laughs) like i don't understand how he came up with that that's incredible even down to something gets that there's a mistake in the information that leads to just a huge like yeah main chain of fuck-ups and yeah the plot so i guess I guess we should actually probably say what the movie is about, like actually about, because there's so many things to just like, you have to comment on so much on this movie. That was a big thing Mm -hmm. to me of just like, I don't know how I can keep up with note taking. And I I was like, where do I start with note taking? And then I was like, fuck it. It's, it's a Terry Gilliam film. I think you just Mm -hmm. are like, you're doing multiple viewings. So we're just going to, everything yeah um, basically none of that has to do with the story that we talked about it's like that's the themes and the motifs and the interesting parallels to reality but but i mean it's still like simpler. they all kind of those themes and everything still definitely intersect directly into sam's yeah and jill's and the yeah. buttles and the tuttle yeah, <laughs> yeah. life's um <laughs> So Jake, well, yeah, it, okay. I will attempt to explain what Brazil is about. <laughs> I, I, it's basically about the crossing of paths between three men is the best way that I could describe it. Primarily, the hero Sam Lowry, he's played by Jonathan Price, and he, he works for the government, basically collecting information. Kind of likes staying lower level, doesn't want to get promoted, even though his mom is super super in the elites and really wants him to get promoted and can pull the strings and make him get promoted whenever he wants. It's also about Harry or Archibald Tuttle, who is the incredible Robert De Niro. You don't really know anything about him for a long time. You just know in the beginning that the government is like basically issuing a warrant for his arrest and there's some random occurrence, an accident that changes the paperwork from Archibald Tuttle to Archibald Buttle. And Archibald Buttle is a poor, innocent family man <laughs> with small children who has his home invaded by the cops and gets arrested. And uh, and there's just this terrible government fuck up that nobody is accountable for, nobody takes the blame for and uh he he ends up dying and (laughs) and and then that kind of doesn't really have any significant consequences other than jill layton 
who is uh, the woman that Sam Lowry sees in his dreams. She's the, the kind of the main love interest. She happens to also live above the Buttles and is a nice person, it seems like. She cares about him and kind of goes to the government and says there was a wrongful arrest, and she seems like a nice lady. Um, and so that's kind of the main plot, is that those three people interact. It mainly follows Sam Lowry and his journey through uh, through trying to navigate this bureaucracy, discovering this mistake, trying to resolve it, trying to help the widow, and also trying to ultimately achieve his dream because he does kind of find chill and mm -hmm. starts to figure out, like, is she real? Can he actually have a relationship with her? All that stuff. So I think that's the best explanation <laughs> I can get in the simplest it's, way possible yeah when i looked it up when it ended i was like okay how do how did like imdb summarize brazil how how did they bring it up and it was like a bureaucrat for the the government uh becomes an enemy of the state while trying to like chase his the love of his life so for <laughs> I read that and was like, well, that kind of sounds like the movie The Adjustment Bureau, which is a cool movie, yeah. cool idea. Uh, mm -hmm. But that focuses like on the actual romance. Brazil, I feel is like, yeah, it, it's, I mean, Sam's the focal point of the story. I, I think it's, uh, Sam is just trying to learn to, uh, adapt to his life falling apart after just due to bad circumstances. And I think you summed it up better. Uh, <laughs> it's a tough one to try and like explain what this movie is about yeah. because it, to me, it really does come down to all those different themes and how they all like how Sam navigates through all of it and how you're shown all of it sequence by sequence and mm -hmm. um the i think the biggest thing i took from this one dude was just like the absolute lack of accountability that mm -hmm. that government in, in the movie has and to the point where like they purposely make red tape or make a process more difficult and redundant than it ever needs to be and it's all for mm -hmm. the sake of well you can't blame me right you don't don't point the finger at us you're the one that's at fault we're never at fault and that, right. that's a tough pill for me to swallow because i'm like well that feels that feels real that that feels mm -hmm. like yep that's that's right <laughs> yeah yeah everybody has their own specific departments and everybody kind of blames each other where it's whether it's the guys filling the hole that the cops blew in your wall and they're like well well it's very simple we'll just patch it up it's no big deal and then their patch piece falls through and like oh straight through. the guys and the guys in uh the mechanics they did they switched to metric and didn't tell us again like everybody is blaming somebody else and even if something goes wrong they have the paperwork that approved it. And they're like, well, the fact that this person got arrested, he was the right person because the paperwork said that he oh, was right. supposed to get arrested. And it's not our fault. It 
that he had a heart condition. The, the paperwork didn't tell us that he had a heart condition because it's the wrong guy. You, there's no way that you would know that. And uh, it's just a whole mishmash of ineffectiveness. Mm -hmm. And they, yeah, they definitely overcomplicate everything. Tons of waste, tons of manpower, tons of everybody doing something, but it's all mostly to cover their own ass. <laughs> right, right. There, there's no actual progress or betterment for the people or the country mm -hmm. uh, coming from central services and the which is the worst possible thing when you're a when you're a bureaucracy who has the power to completely take somebody's life away yeah whether it's arresting them or actually outright killing them you they have that power and there's nothing anybody can do to stop it like the scene when he gets arrested was terrifying oh Absolutely it's terrifying it was so frightening how fast and just how like crazy it it just keeps building and like when they bring down the giant chain so first off having guys drill a hole through your ceiling and then come crashing <laughs> through your door your wall your window the ceiling that they mm -hmm. just drilled a hole through there's no handcuffs it's like a burlap sack <laughs> it, it, yeah. it's it's like, like a, a straight jacket but with a full body yeah it's thing. a full body straight jacket and then they the one that got me was the like the clamp around the neck that showed up and i was just like oh this is fucked like what yeah what the fuck and they they forced the wife to sign there's no answers there's no like we're not gonna question like you just have yeah. to accept what we're doing. Sign here, sign here. Here's yeah. your receipt. Like you're arrested for this and this and this and for this number and this code and this violation. Right. Here's your, sign this and here's your receipt. The receipt. And sign this other thing. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and her panic, her absolute, as she should be, and her children are there, they're young, they're freaking out. And for her to be like, okay, now I have to sign this paperwork <laughs> and basically sign my husband's life away because right. I don't know when I'll see him again. Uh, terrifying terrifying absolutely terrifying no no position of power should give you that should be mm -hmm. that at that level you just shouldn't it should not be there like fuck you yeah and, <laughs> no i completely agree but some people will watch that i think and be like oh that's you know that doesn't really happen maybe in the past maybe in you know nazi germany or you know communist russia or whatever but it doesn't really happen fucking two years ago i watched video after video after video of america australia england all of these supposed civilized western countries that the police would enforce curfew enforce all these other things and you can just see the helplessness that there's nothing you can do yeah even if you fight back then you're resisting arrest you're going to be killed like there's nothing you can do you're just helpless and it's just this it's terrifying it's and terrifying sad. it's sad it's terrifying you, it's much better like there needs to be a balance in the sense that these people running running things and enforcing things are human beings and you're going to make mistakes and nobody's perfect and we should understand that by now i would think <laughs> and so whether it's a piece of paper that has the wrong name on it or somebody makes their own mistake um 
that should be kind of baked in. I think that, yeah, you may make a mistake. If I'm wrong and you break into my house or show up with a warrant or whatever, you should feel empowered to actually, if you're in the right, be able to do something about that. And other people should understand, hey, maybe that's a possibility. Not that, well, we're definitely right. If you resist, that means you're guilty and all of this. <laughs> right. Stuff. Like, it gets out of control. Very fast. Escalation is frightening. Um, and the, the whole like portrayal of this government system in Brazil, uh, the escalation of how it all is. And then all the like different loopholes that they create, like to the point of, uh, well, do you have the receipt? Is it stamped? Oh no, it's not stamped. You have to go back to the other department that told you to come to us, even though we told you to go to them first, uh, you got to go back to them and get it stamped. It was very much like what the fuck like yeah anything just to be able to be like my hands aren't dirty of that and even it's, yeah and it's a complete abuse of priorities like <laughs> is it more important that this lot t is crossed and i is dotted or is it more important that there's an innocent man who's arrested and has his life ruined and and is in danger of being never seen again mm -hmm. and uh and his children miss him and his wife needs him and all these other things is that human life more important than your ink on your paper uh, right <laughs> um yeah it was there was a lot to this movie that was terrifying to me uh a lot of the dialogue you brought some of it up because when you first meet sam like when he comes into the office and he's trying to like explain oh wrong guy but we did the right thing because his name was on the paper. So it's not our fault, but yeah, it's the mm -hmm. wrong guy. That's why you can't process him in the system. Uh, yada, yada, yada. Even that mm -hmm. scene, I was like, Oh, you're one of these schmucks. Like, I don't think I like you very <laughs> much right now, but of course Sam's a hero. So you're going to see him. Yeah. Kind of be forced to change his mind on things and be forced to mm -hmm. just rapidly be like, okay, Fuck that life and fuck what they're doing. Let I we're gonna do our own thing, Jill. We're doing our own yeah. thing. Uh, I think a lot of his life, he was kind of just a product of his environment yeah. and just kind of doing the grind, do going the flow, kind of like what you were saying about his nine to five check in, check out kind of thing. Yeah, didn't really ask questions or really notice what's going on. I, I thought it was funny um, when you meet his mom. Cause like by the time, so before we get to the, I guess Sam's house, I brought it up earlier with the screen where like he wakes up yeah. and like the TV screen comes out of the, the corner and like actually curves to face him. Mm -hmm. But I had to laugh at as he powers everything up. It's like the sad version of doc Brown's uh, breakfast making invention at the beginning of back to the future it's like the really sad version of that everything sounds just like run down kind of like it it doesn't sound like it's operating like it's supposed to and of course as you're watching it it doesn't mm -hmm. operate like it's supposed to the coffee spout kind of like fucks up and instead of pouring the coffee into the cup it pours it all over the toast uh, mm -hmm. which that's why he's late to work. His <laughs> alarm clock didn't go yeah, right because the electricity like a... was all fucked up. The phone, yeah. 
the phone was weird to me. How I mean, it's like old style, old school style, like switchboard, but it's a landline. That yeah, he has weird. to like plug it in to like make a caller get a call, and, I was, and he's doing it like as he's waking up. I was like, how do you even get the plug in the right hole? There's a bunch of different ones. It's like a full switchboard. <laughs> it's like, man, my alarm goes off on my phone in the morning, and it, you know, it's a smartphone, so it's touchscreen. I have a hard time. Mm just swiping the screen correctly just to get the fucking thing to shut up. This guy's like in the dark, still half asleep and like switchboards it perfectly into the right port and is able to take the call. I wouldn't be able to do that at all. Um, Yeah. (laughs) The toast. I can't like him and his toast cracks me up because it's (laughs) one. It's such a waste Uh and he, it's a lot of energy for something that has such a simple solution. And I guess that's Mm -hmm. kind of like the point (laughs) or one of the points in it. All his toast just keeps folding and he keeps trying to like bite it. At one point he has it folded over and all he has to do is just eat the toast and he's fine. Mm -hmm. And that's when he throws it away. Both times I watched it, I was like, what the fuck? Just eat the toast. Like, (laughs) like, yeah, you had it solved itself. It took care of itself. And you're like, nope, can't do it. Yep. Waste is a better solution. This inconvenience is too much for me. So I'm done. Mm -hmm. Fuck it. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, so going back to what I. I don't know how I, how I got there, but his mom. Yeah. The first scene with his mom was actually a still that I remember seeing, which is her like cheeks being like pulled off yeah. of her face. I had never understood the context of that. <laughs> so I, I was excited when I realized like, oh, this is the movie with that still with the face being pulled off. And I was like, oh, it makes sense now. And then I remembered like, Oh, wait a minute. I think, I think Brazil is also the one that has the other movie still of that close up with the real freaky looking baby mask and like that giant mm-hmm. freaking whatever corridor, but you never know what it is. So I was like, I I'm pretty sure this is a movie. I'm excited to see the context. <laughs> Woohoo. We'll get to that later. Um, <laughs> yeah. Dude, the plastic surgery. Like when the doctor yeah. is like the fucking like binder clips that he's using on her cheeks. First mm-hmm. off, ow, thank God for prosthetics. Because yeah. I don't think anyone <laughs> would be able to handle that. They're even the did you notice they were even like those old school, like actual 80s style, uh, like the metal clips? Yeah. It's like, man, I remember the edges on those <laughs> when you'd play with it in school and that shit hurt. Uh-huh. That did not. Yeah, that brutal. <laughs> yeah. Imagine. Yeah, it's. Cheeks. <laughs> I haven't seen a more effective plastic surgery scene since Escape from L.A. It's just grotesque. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> terrifying. And then I had to laugh as he's like marking her face up and telling her, like, here's here's what I'm going to do to, like, change your appearance. And she's all proud of it and happy. I was laughing at that mm. whole thing though, because it was like, this is so gross. And this is so like <laughs> this was before plastic surgery was and so normalized. That's true. 
That's true. So yeah, I, it was I, a lot I, earlier on. The body mod- uh, modification. I don't like saying modification because I feel that's not modifying. But you know what I mean. <laughs> um, it's mortifying. It, especially for her friend. Good God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My complication had a complication. <laughs> just gets so Yeah, and I didn't problem. believe that it would be effective. I, I you are a surprise later on when his mom actually does look significantly younger. And yeah. You're kind of like I guess that's the problem. And you're like, Yeah, of course it works. You should go through it, absolutely, because it's definitely gonna be effective. Uh it, no, no amount of plastic surgery effectiveness, though, is going to make it okay for her to be talking about lingerie at her age because she's all like, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, I do not need the visual of that. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, him uh, him getting mad at his mom for the promotion that she, like, pulled strings for. When I, because I hint about how powerful his mom is, you know, mm-hmm. when he's talking to his boss. But I, I also had to laugh because she's not only like the super rich lady who's mm-hmm. like extravagant or whatever, but I really took it that like she's kind of a socialite. Like she's mm-hmm. kind of a, that's where her fame and fortune has really come from. She's a fucking influencer. And yeah. that made me just like, good. Are you kidding? Yet another thing of like, this is way too um... <laughs> predictive of our current environment. And yeah. I was like, did he did he pull 12 Monkeys wasn't out yet. That was the 90s. So he didn't know time travel stuff yet. But maybe he did. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Terry, maybe. I need some answers, sir. I need to know. <laughs> Yeah, the the scene where they're in the restaurant with his mom and her friends um, and kind of ties into what you were saying about the toast as well. The toast may not be real, and that's why it's so floppy and weird because the restaurant scene when... Going back to, again, the very strict bureaucracy because the waiter needs him specifically to order using the number of like like a combo meal basically he's like it's like i'll just take the steak he's like yeah but what number is that sir i need you to say the number out loud and uh it, but the when they get the food it's just gook that has a little photograph of an actual meal and so as you're eating this clumps of paste yeah, that, they they look like two little like oh, patties almost that or like yeah. two scoops that kind of flattened when they got put on the plate, and yet the photo on it yeah cracked me up. Yeah, it's like <laughs> this is what a steak should look like, but this is the glop that you're going to eat instead, and uh, just imagine it as you're feeling this in your mouth. Uh, I was like, that's terrible but also kind of the world we're headed towards as more and more people are trying to just modify food and simplify food it's all chemical at one at some point and has completely lost outlaw actual outlaw actual meat and beef and because they produce all of these methanes and stuff so instead we'll feed you 
crickets and soy and all of this other junk that we add chemicals to create some sort of paste that kind of is similar to the thing that you recognized in the past. Yeah, it's very accurate and very terrifying. Very accurate and very terrifying, yeah. And, and then what the waiter cracks me up in that because of how, like, invasive he is to everyone's space but the mom her friend her friend's daughter none of them care how invasive Mm -hmm. he is sam does which i totally i'm like yeah get the fuck out of my face Mm -hmm. i like that sam is already this whole time just trying to be heard to be like mother i don't want your hand out like (laughs) stop doing this i don't want like you or that mm-hmm. that lifestyle. No one's listening to him. No one cares. It's all about like, oh, I got you a Christmas gift, which is the same fucking gift that everyone seems to give <laughs> yeah. in this dystopian world. Um, mm-hmm. Which I was like, yeah, it's fuck that. The Christmas gift, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. yeah the, there's no amount of imagination or individuality, creativity, it's all... individual, yeah. It's all been Sisterized. stripped away. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just when you're like, this scene is bonkers. Yeah. Just say the number. <laughs> I want that one. <laughs> Fine. You want number three. Number three. Um, <laughs> as I'm chuckling at all this interaction in the restaurant, though, <laughs> they they have to remind you, like, don't forget. Terrorism is normal in this world. Mm-hmm. And the restaurant blows up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, they bring over like one of those old Victorian like room dividers <laughs> and just kind of yeah, like, like you're like women change behind them in right. old movies. <laughs> change clothes. Yeah. <laughs> and they just block it off so you don't have to see the horrifying mangled people over there. <laughs> and they, they raise their voices to talk over the agony and the, the fire still mm-hmm. burning. I was just that restaurant scene, dude, is a trip. Cause it feels like Yeah. This is, I hope that's not yeah, as, going. As they're it's... eating their disgusting paste, <laughs> as they're dressed in the most obs- bizarre fashion, like the, the shoe on the head. A... <laughs> She's got a hat that's literally a shoe and it's just quote unquote fashionable, which you completely buy as something that would happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they just, they look ridiculous, but they have no, no self-awareness that they are that ridiculous, I guess. No self-awareness and absolute zero integrity or compassion for anybody else around them. And who's very, yeah, a, a very telling, very. Uh... <laughs> Brazil is a scary fucking movie, Jake. It's a very scary movie. It, is. it made me laugh for a lot of it. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's the that's the effectiveness of of Brazil is that it is it is a Terry Gilliam. It is Monty Python. It is a comedy in some fashion, mm-hmm. but it's so, so cutting that. It is a brilliant, dark, dark, dark comedy about humanity, about authoritarianism, about all of this stuff. Um, and it's not just, it's not just like, like Nazis or all of the like big things that you think of. It's like 
every little thing that has ever happened, whether it's like in the UK, you have to have a license when you buy a TV. Like there's this level of bureaucracy in the real world that everybody just kind of becomes accustomed to and acceptable. It's acceptable to them. Like the government is certainly one problem, but the government only gets there because the culture is the problem as well. Well, the culture the like people... allows it to happen because it's easier right. to just let it happen than to like kind of speak up against it. Um, yeah. And I think it's represented really well in the movie with not just Sam's character and, and everybody who just kind of goes with the flow and follows the rules and no matter how ridiculous they are, but you see it in like everything you see it, you see it in how the kids are playing in the movie where well, their play, their is play is arresting very... someone. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the most extreme version of cops and robbers where they are actually very accurately and specifically acting out what I'm sure they've seen a hundred times, which is arresting someone, patting them down and all of this stuff. You know, when they're not playing with gasoline and matches, they're playing with like this very authoritarian uh, arrest game. And it's just very telling that this is the society that they are, they grow up in, they're familiar with, it's acceptable to them. And then they will be adults. They will go on to vote or whatever. And, and it's just a cycle that continues because it gets more and more down that path yeah. over time. It's inevitable. Yeah. That's one of those, uh, generational curses, I guess you could say that in Brazil mm -hmm. is very, like prominent of yeah, this is the environment that the kids are around. They're definitely a product of the environment because there is no other way. Everyone's been conditioned to be certain ways. Um, yeah, this was like the dark comedy, uh, very strange version of like equilibrium to me, just without really mm -hmm. any of the action sequences. Uh, and instead of from a cop's point of view, it's from a bureaucrat's point of view. Um, poor Sam. Yeah, it's really interesting that they don't really, <laughs> they don't really focus on any of the rebellion part of it. No, like there's the terrorism that's happening, and there are certainly people that are that are unsatisfied in society. But there's not a big emphasis on the actual resistance of it. It's really just here's how it is. And here's the situation they're in. Here's Sam who would like to pursue kind of find this girl and do this other stuff. But he's not like a big, oh, I need to bring down the system kind of guy. It's not that kind right. of movie. It's really just, a, I'm a guy in the system who would really like to just have a nice life. <laughs> it's a guy who is deep in the system who just wants out. He just wants a yeah. different life. And he's kind of kind of punished for it he's kind of put put through a little bit of the ringer but not in the way that you would expect because he's not mm -hmm. really hunted for most of the movie um yeah he just kind of keeps making decisions that just like keep adding up <laughs> which you don't realize i did not realize that until the second time i watched it was like mm -hmm. oh my god every decision he makes from the time he shows up to his office that first time, every decision Sam makes after that is held against him mm -hmm. as breaking the law. And they listen. Yeah. 
<laughs> like when it's They've all been listen, keeping it's, track of him. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, this is fucked up that every little thing he's done as being scrutinized to fit mm-hmm. the narrative of the central <laughs> services and the, the ministry of information's like agenda and, Oh, how dare you keep trying to pursue this like mistake? Like you're not allowed to do yeah. that. Stop doing that. Stop getting yourself involved. <laughs> uh, even My though favorite sp- crime or charge that they assign him is wasting paper and time, like resources <laughs> of the government. <laughs> you wasted our time and resources. And yeah. Now you're going to pay for it. Uh, yeah. And it, I think one of his biggest ones is when the most frustrating part in the movie to me, not, not the movie, but just like the world that you are like really thrown into is Mm -hmm. when you find out that Mr. Buttle has passed away and they're the government's like, well, we'll make it up to the wife by here's a check, but she doesn't have a checking account. Which I thought like, Mm -hmm. oh god, that means like she's going to be in trouble. And they even kind of hint to that of like (laughs) we can't like, she's going to have to go to some other little place to cash Mm -hmm. this check. She can't do it. We can't do it here because it's going to become... Yeah. And it's also like you're she's not part of the system. Yeah. And if you're not part of the system, then we're going to like life is harder for you and all this stuff. And so if it, because she doesn't have a checking account and she's not on the grid or whatever, mm-hmm. she can't, she can't get the refund, which is the most depressing thing ever. That <laughs> <I> was... <laughs> when, when, well, so I love the scene when you find out that her husband died because the, the, boss is basically like well this department has him down as canceled this department has him down as closed this department has him down as like as lost this department has it down as destroyed and and then sam goes and like googles it and he's like uh yeah he's dead and and they say oh um that's not good but then a check shows up on his desk and it freaks the boss out because it a is something he has to do some sort of responsibility Mm -hmm. and doesn't know how to do it but mostly the fact that it is a refund for the fines that her husband was charged unjustly. <laughs> yeah. Un- and so he was wrongfully arrested, charged all these fines. The fact that they have to refund it means to me that they must have just pulled it out of his account automatically. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> that she, she didn't pay them it, like in order to get him out of jail or anything. Like The government had the money already. <laughs> They are now issuing a refund is like not really saying sorry, but kind of as a way of saying sorry. And uh, and so now she needs to go and pick it up. And and it is this like just terrifying thing. Well, and the that the boss is like nervous to sign the check and to sign the paperwork for it because he doesn't he doesn't know what the consequence. The boss knows there's going to be a consequence for signing this check because it's you know they talk sam has that line of like can i see that we've never seen a refund check like and that's Mm -hmm. the telling of oh so the the system believes it's never made a mistake before so it's this perfect Mm -hmm. perfect system so the rarity of it means there's consequences to it 
And uh, I think it's funny that the boss is like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And Sam's like, I'll just do it for you. I'll drop the check off. I'll do this for you. And he like forges mm-hmm. the signature and then moves on to go and drop the check off. The first time I watched it, when he signed the check, my immediate mm-hmm. thought was like, well, that's probably going to bite you in the ass. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't think you should be forging your boss's signature. <laughs> right? like, this feels is you're doing right not now. right. <laughs> and then yeah he goes to her house I think this scene is potentially the second most um, impactful scene like emotionally impactful kind of just where you're like grounded and just mm-hmm. kind of forced to like ooh okay and that's when like he's trying to explain here's here's your check it's a refund check you can take it down the street and get it cashed and she's like, she doesn't care about the the money. She simply says, like, my husband's dead, isn't he? And like, mm-hmm. well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, like, Sam, quit being a douche. Like, come on, yeah. man. <laughs> but when she, like, freaks out and breaks down saying, like, where's his body? What did you guys do with the body? I took that, like, that was such a powerful scene to me because it's like, she needs something to actually be able to say goodbye to. She's going to have to have closure for her children and for herself. There's no moving forward without some way of being able to say goodbye. And the government has Mm -hmm. completely disregarded like any kind of emotion for the children and for Mm -hmm. the wife. And it was like very, that was a powerful scene to me because it was like, Oh, this, this scene's not funny. Like this is right. This is brutal. Like, (laughs) yeah, what would you do with the body and judging how they like handle everything else? It's wasted. It's, you know, Mr. Buttle is probably just cast wherever lost or forgotten in like the corner of uh, of the torture room. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure he's dumped in some landfill or something, some very heartless and ineffective system, Mm -hmm. just like everything else. It is very it's it. I think it's telling, of course, that he could just be like lost or 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 dumped or something that's very inefficient. But he could also certainly be they don't want to admit any more guilt than they already right. have. Like we've issued a refund. That's as much as you're going to get as far as any sort of responsibility. If we if we you know give your body husband's body back and all of this stuff and that's more more involvement than we want we really just want to wash our hands yeah move on from it um and it also could be that they don't they don't see that they need to give her husband's body back because it's not really hers and his body is not even really his like they kind of just run and own everything like you belong to the system you belong to the government and and they We'll take care of everything. Don't worry about it kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. Even down from like something that serious with like the deceased, a a wrongful, a wrongful death or whatever, uh, from something serious like that to something so simple and ridiculous as fixing your own goddamn HVAC or going through uh, someone else to like find a fix for it, an easier, simpler fix, a D or a DIY if you will, with your yeah. favorite character with Harry Tuttle, the way he fixes <laughs> yeah. the heating in Sam's mm-hmm. apartment where he's like, 
I just got to put this like converter or whatever the hell it is. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, I can't fix it, but we can go around it if I put this thing on. <laughs> right. And, and it'll work. You'll be good. So he does. And then that gets mm-hmm. him in trouble too. And it's like, they even tell him, you're not allowed to fix this yourself. You're not allowed to go around doing right. things this way. You have to go through the proper channels. You have to follow the paperwork. Right. Like, yeah. They are in, <laughs> they need to manage everything and do everything appropriately. And, and yeah, that's why I love uh, Harry, the Archibald Tuttle's character. His nickname's Harry. Uh, that's why I love him so much. He's just kind of like, yeah, everybody's just forcing all of this, you know, red tape and nonsense that's really just slowing things down when I can just get in, get out, get things fixed, get things done. And it's so efficient and effective. And that's very helpful. Like, it's very helpful for him to, like, he could call the central services and wait four to six weeks and actually get somebody out there to fix his AC or whatever. But, or he could just have this guy show up who knows how to do it, who can jerry rig it or whatever and get it fixed. And and that's just such a stark contrast to the complicated bureaucracy of all of this other stuff that's going on. And that's, it's. I say it all the time. I've been saying it this whole episode. That's exactly what we have now. <laughs> it's like, if you're... If you're a single mom and you need to take care of your children at home, you could be a hairdresser. You could cut hair in your free time at home, but you can't fucking do that because you need a license. <laughs> you need all of this other certification. You need to business taxes. You need all this other stuff, which create barriers to prevent you from taking care of these things. Yeah. And it's just a whole thing. So yeah, completely accurate, completely realistic. That's why Harry... Tuttle is my hero and the hero of the movie, even though Sam is the focal point. I, uh, it, it, it doesn't bear anything to the story of the film. It's just a, a fun set piece and just way of how Terry Gilliam's films always include, or at least those earlier films always used to include uh, his use of like miniatures and the practical effect that he'll, incorporate into his set pieces because they're they're grand Mm -hmm. sets and he does this in almost every one of his movies where the visuals are just so striking because they're Mm off-putting because and and they're like they're illusions you know they do it in brazil where it's like you think the city is just this huge grand thing and you see the old man come over the top of it and you're like what the fuck and then it's a model that he literally (laughs) picks up um, yeah, but with Harry, that scene where he fixes the heating element, when he zip lines down, it's such a cool and very smooth, very clean mm-hmm. cut from the actor, you know, De Niro being on the cable to a little mm-hmm. miniature like plastic figure that they just sent down <laughs> on the zip line in a miniature set. It's just like because when you see it happen, it's pretty seamless. It's it's very cool looking. Yeah, but that that downward shot into the city as Harry like ziplines into the next window, it just it looks so cool. And that was one thing that I wrote mm-hmm. down of just like that feels like a Gilliam miniature set. This feel like this feels like that. You know, Tim Burton has this big gothic kind of set pieces. Terry Gilliam's got his giant just off putting mm-hmm. illusion 
kind of set piece. Very fun. Very fun. I just had to comment on that because I loved his use of <laughs> the practical and the, the miniature sets. Cause I think Gilliam is such a master at miniature set pieces. He just knows how to make yeah. them look so huge and utilize them in the best ways. And I, I think it works best because they do make you feel kind of odd. You know, everything's either like everyone's way off the ground or the, the walls around them are like unjustifiably gigantic for any mm-hmm. human to actually bother making. It's <laughs> uh, just very fun set pieces. Now back to our, yeah. hey, authoritarian government is bad. Um <laughs> <laughs> No, I completely agree. I think the set design was great, and the style is 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 great. And and that shot of the the old man just like his head coming up over the yeah. city. You see it in the trailer, and it's one of the like main things. You're like, what the fuck is this movie about? <laughs> and then you see it in the movie, and you're like, oh, it's like a five second thing that really doesn't mean anything. It just looked kind of. <laughs> it just cool. looks cool. <laughs> yeah. No, I like the style of it for sure. Yeah. Speaking of style and fixing AC units, though, how about Bob Hoskins and his Dude, gigantic, gigantic ball cap? Okay, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. The bill on his hat is fucking 12 inches long, <laughs> <It's so huge>. <laughs> <laughs> and he's ta- having this conversation as if he doesn't have a 12 inch ball cap bill, <laughs> and it's the funniest thing ever. I I had one Bob Hos seeing him in this was fun because it was like. He was another one that I had no clue was going to pop up. So I was still, yeah. I feel, I don't want to say recovering, but still kind of like understanding <laughs> that Robert De Niro is in yeah. this weird ass movie. And then Bob Hoskins shows up and I was like, and fucking Bob Hoskins is popping up with the weirdest hat. And then I mm-hmm. thought that'd be a fun hat to have, probably not to wear, but just to like <laughs> have. Yeah. <laughs> it would absolutely you would turn some heads if you had a hat like you that, would turn some heads sure. like that and i love his character because i think he plays him kind of ridiculous and just kind of like he's over the top but not as you would think in my opinion because he's just he's invasive because he's part of the central service crew so he he's kind of entitled mm-hmm. him and his mumbly partner um they're just funny to watch to me as they're like, yeah. you called us. So we're here to fix it. And he's like, it's already fixed. Who touched it? Who fixed your unit? <laughs> yeah. You're not allowed to do that. And then, yeah. And then they basically investigate his house by using the loophole of, Oh, you said it was an emergency. And so now we get this emergency power because you called us and, and we're taking every wire and every duct out of your walls in order to fix this problem and then they leave it unfixed basically as a way to punish him it feels like that oh you went around the system and now we're going to make your life even more inconvenient uh, by unfixing it and then leaving it unfixed and and your whole house is in disarray (laughs) right hope you learned your lesson bub (laughs) yeah the hat. Yeah, but they are pretty fun. <laughs> that hat, though. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that first time I watched it, I missed like his first couple of lines mm-hmm. because the hat was so distracting to me. Because at <laughs> first I was like, "Does it just look like the bill?" 
I know. I was like, is this a camera trick or is that can't be real, right? Right. And then he turns his head and you're like, oh dear God, it's real. Like <laughs> this is a style choice that he's going for. <laughs> Those are the worst work uniform uniforms ever. Yeah, them like the punishment of we're going to leave this giant mess behind. It kind of reminded me of those movies where uh, like the FBI will come and search a home and they're tossing every paper, every drawer, every couch cushion. They're tearing open, just throwing it. And then they're like, yeah. well, we didn't find anything. OK, bye. That's what yeah. it reminded me of. <laughs> like, yeah, just come in, force <laughs> your power and then leave mm -hmm. and just fuck everybody else, you know. God, this movie. Yeah. <laughs> when the truth is that they, he's lucky that's all they did. Like, a, a making a mess is a good scenario. They could kill your dog. They could kill your family. <laughs> Whoops. True. Sorry. Didn't mean to do that. <laughs> Our bad. Our bad. Oh, you're saving money that's not in a bank? Well, we're going to have to confiscate that shit right there. How <laughs> dare you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it was such an odd thing when you learn that Robert Newell's character is Archibald Tuttle. You're like, this guy? The guy who just showed up and granted he pointed a gun at you, but he is trying to fix your AC. Like, it's kind of a weird thing for this to be the the guy that they wanted they wanted to arrest him the way they arrested poor Archie Buttle. Um, and so you're like, why is this guy such a bad dude and and sure he looks like a bad dude he's got a sweet ski mask he looks like a fucking navy seal mercenary guy flying down rooftops and all this stuff but he, he's he's a tradesman he's like just fixing stuff uh and and the more i thought of it i was like that that is all it is is that he's working outside the approved system and they can't have that yeah like we have we have that now that's why bitcoin and cryptocurrency is such a huge concern because it's it defunds the centralized banking and there's a whole conspiracy thing we could go into it but we're not going to <laughs> but it's also why like it's also why like ross ulbrick is serving two life sentences for creating a website is because you could buy and sell things outside of the approved system and outside of the approved taxation and fines and regulation and all that stuff and it's very simple to do that but more than anything in the world, they don't want you to do that. And <laughs> right. so I think that's that's why he was a target, is just that he was fixing stuff in an unapproved way, and that's all it took. Yeah, he's fixing stuff outside the, the standards and practices, if you will. Um, mm -hmm. Jill becomes wanted by the state because she's trying to speak up for Mrs. Buttle, and she's like kind of understanding, hey, you guys are like unjustified. You are wrong. And then she mm -hmm. is in the wrong place at the wrong time where she gets accused of setting bombs <laughs> because she's also not following their, their standardized procedures. Yeah. And then, yeah, I thought it was interesting that Sam kind of jumps to that conclusion. It's yeah. kind of, I think illustrates that he's still very much a product of the, Oh yeah. Stuck in like, He's like, well, she must be then a terrorist if she's carrying around this thing. And <laughs> my car was on fire. She was near it. I get like, of course it makes sense. Uh, yeah. Of course she's a terrorist. Yeah, she's got to be the terrorist. It's a bomb. I knew it was a bomb. And then it's a bribery. 
with the same fucking Christmas presents that everyone else is getting. Um, <laughs> yeah, we obviously have to go with. Um, oh yeah, the party that Sam attends where he sees his mom, where she does look like you can tell she looks younger. And that's mm-hmm. where her friend shows up. She's like, oh, I had a complication. And you're like, this <laughs> is not good. <laughs> yeah. But at the party is where he's like, because at this point, I mean, Sam's like kind of become obsessed with chasing Jill down. I mean, she's like mm-hmm. in his dreams. He feels he loves her, which like, dude. <coughs> All yeah, we got to get to the dreams. All for being passionate. But I think I think we have to understand that Sam's obsession is a little bit on the stalker creeper side. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, it makes me question why he dreamed of this woman he's never met. Like how his, her face came yeah. into his vision. Uh, if it's just subconscious and she's been monitored by the government and he kind of saw her photo or something and subconsciously it kind of got stuck in his brain or, or what if it's more kind of stalkery or whatever, I don't really know. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not sure. I kind of, I kind of didn't really think about it at first, but the more, when I started trying to break it down, the second viewing, I Mm kind of thought, with what you said that first time of like the, I think because he's around so many screens and so many people are constantly being watched and monitored and Mm -hmm. notes are being detailed about their lives constantly that maybe she, her face did come across his screen handful of times. Yeah. And yeah, as soon as, when he goes into that building, she's on the screen a bunch, and it seems to be like she's being watched just because she got in line to complain about a wrongful yeah. arrest, that she's kind of a, a focus by the system, it seems like. Yeah, because she's she she's a ripple, right, in the nice, calm water. She, right. She's that little ripple effect. Um, not to go super metaphor, but yeah, that party sure. where he uh, he kind of like begs to get the promotion that mm-hmm. his boss forged the signature to deny the promotion. Which was- <laughs> yeah. Well, because he realizes that in order to get the information he needs, he basically needs a higher position. And so he decides to take the promotion he didn't really want just so he can get more information. Oh, right. Basically. <laughs> and and uh, you skipped over the invitation. I did. The, party, uh, the invitation <laughs> is also one of the scenes that when it happened that first time I watched the movie, I was again like, <laughs> what the what fuck the am fuck? I watching? <laughs> it is the worst singing telegram I've ever seen in my life. I haven't seen that many, but it stands out. It's as pretty the bad worst for sure. It's hard to understand half of what she. Yeah. Screeches. <laughs> as she like dances around the room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it is yeah, but funny. It's funny when he tries to sing his reply. And she's like, no, you don't have to sing. You don't have you to just sing. Tell me. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay. okay. He's like, but didn't the party start like an hour ago? And she's like, yeah, we're backed up. Everybody complains about it. 
<laughs> it's a funny there's there are definitely funny jokes in it and there's probably the funniest joke joke that i laughed at was at the party it's the scene when uh, he meets he meets the other couple his old friend or whatever and they're like yeah she had some some work done and really had to you know really had to reduce some things and he's like oh wow i didn't know think he's talking about a breast reduction and he's like oh everybody always wondered if they are real or not and she's like my ears (laughs) yeah he's like yeah we we all thought you wear false ears apparently (laughs) (laughs) that's how i'm getting out of this conversation (laughs) yeah i laughed at that scene for sure uh the jokes in it i mean it's it definitely is a very funny movie there's a lot of little quick gags that are done uh like we mentioned at the beginning when they're trying to patch the hole in the roof at the buttles yeah. and it just falls straight through that made me laugh out loud because I, I like that kind of comedy where it's just so dumb yeah gags like that are yeah. good and brazil is pretty full with mm-hmm. stupid gags like that like him having to share the desk that goes through the wall how inefficient <laughs> yeah. is that idea and they have yeah. like a tug well, of you, war on it <laughs> you can tell that he so he gets promoted he goes into this new office and they're like welcome to this high floor like you've really made it now you're really advancing your career you have this number on your office and you're a big deal and he goes in there it's this smallest little like i guess it is an office he didn't have an office he had like a cubicle before but it's the smallest little space and you can tell that the wall in the middle is like a new wall that they just put up like (laughs) that they definitely split this room in half and but the fact that they split the desk in half and it's there's a gap in the in the wall where it's shared (laughs) and his neighbor is fighting for enough desk space by pulling it (laughs) through the wall i laughed as he's like he goes in there his books keep falling over and then he's like losing desk space he's trying to (laughs) figure out what's happening uh it was very clever i liked it yeah it made me laugh pretty hard i I love stupid gags like that and and then him going into the office never having met this dude before they introduce each other and his sam's immediate thought is like oh i'm using your computer and just like makes his way (laughs) and the guy's like whoa whoa." (laughs) yeah he's like "I'm, i'm a whiz i'm pretty good at this computer let me do it for you and then it's like heck Peck, peck, like typing. He's <laughs> like, uh, no, I think it's broken. You haven't turned it on, yet. <laughs> right? Like, have, have you tried the power yet? Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> this is a guy who's working in the upper level of the government. Yeah, yeah. like, yeah, because that position is very high up, uh, as they mentioned. Mm-hmm. If very you can important. catch it, because his new boss or <laughs> coworker. Team I think lead? boss. I don't know. Yeah, team lead's accurate. <laughs> the guy that's walking around with his coat over it's his shoulder, like... and everybody's following him, also with their coats over their shoulder. Yeah, yeah, all carrying their little. And well, they're not little. Everything's like exaggerated in size, whether yeah. it's very small or larger than what it needs to be. Like the paper, there's no mm. normal size paper. It's all those weird, long, <laughs> thin strips, and you're like, yeah, it's like. <laughs> How do you print this? <laughs> what is the purpose of this paper? Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, at that party, we really derailed. That's okay. 
at the party when he's talking to the old dude, the bathroom, and he's like helping him shake it essentially by shaking his whole body. It kind of reminded me of that scene from the ice harvest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just slam me down real hard. Yeah. It'll drop out. <laughs> um, has nothing to do with Brazil, but go watch the ice harvest. It's funny. Um, <laughs> Mm-hmm. When they're talking and he like asked for the promotion again and the guy's like giving him that message, you know, oh, your father did the um, air I am J.H. Right. Isn't that... Yeah. Yeah, that was it it's took time. me a second to be like, what? What did he write on the powder? Because I didn't catch it the first mm-hmm. time. All I caught was him like brushing it off, and I was like, "What the fuck? Wait a minute! Wait a minute! I feel like I missed something really important." And I did, uh, <laughs> but that I was like, "Why does this feel kind of out of place?" That now there's like it felt secret, Cody, and that felt out of yeah. place. But at the same time, like, does anything actually feel out of place in a in this movie? Because <laughs> it's so right. random. But it's all good. Like so far, everything actually works together. So it was nice mm-hmm. when you saw that that come to fruition later. But him getting that promotion at the party cracked me up just because it was like this party is full of people that are so full of themselves, and they all yeah. just kind of like want to flaunt whatever it is they think they have. And it's like, ah, just come on, Sam. I get that you're doing it so that you can get to Jill, but this just man there's got to be better ways to do this and of course like my suspicions were kind of correct because every decision sam makes is the wrong fucking decision in this movie but right <laughs> so did air I did air i am jh mean something did i miss it's, that it's just that code for the elevator but like the words or letters don't mean like a secret thing no i i saw a thing where it's supposed to be like a i think it's an anagram where if you scrambled the uh the letters it's like jeremiah something um Hmm. if i remember reading it right of course it was the one thing that i read and was like oh interesting but did not write it down uh (laughs) (laughs) because it's not that interesting well if that and no, it's interesting because it, if I remember right, it was like that was what Sam's dad's name was. So it was almost oh. like Sam's dad was actually, big spoiler, the actual guy who kind of ran the whole, the okay. whole shindig. And they hint to that when he's in the office and you see the photograph of his mom on the desk. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it was interesting. It's just my stupid brain. I'm pretty sure I read that right. I'm going to have to fact check, but that, I think that would make sense as Jeremiah. The only thing, the thing I noticed was that when he punches in the letters in the elevator key code, it makes the song. Yeah. The Brazil song. It's like the beginning of the song. And that, I can't believe we're an hour and 40 minutes into this episode and haven't talked about the fucking song because it's, it's like such the a only weird piece thing. Of music that plays in the movie, just different <laughs> variations of it. <laughs> And it's such a weird thing for a movie to have a title based on a song that it that plays during the movie. Like they, there's a famous song from like the 
forties or thirties or something, 1939, I think. And, and they basically took that song and put it in the movie and then decided that it's so important and so good that they'll play it all the time in variations. And then it will also be the title of the movie Brazil, even though the song doesn't really have anything to do with anything to do with it. But I was trying to look up like, why is it called Brazil? Where, what was the purpose? Um, Mm -hmm. The most I found was that it's still rumor. Nothing's ever, I guess, been confirmed at least through a couple of the pages I I went on. Um, Yeah. But I guess Terry Gilliam was on a, was at a beach and was listening Mm. to that song or he saw a guy listening to that song on the beach and he just thought like, what was it? Uh, He had the idea of, wouldn't that be interesting for like that piece of music or that kind of scene of someone going for that aesthetic in like a dystopian world or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether that's true or not, I don't know, but. Yeah, I could see that just kind of getting that vibe. The yeah. song is definitely a, a vibe, I think, that and that's why it plays in different speeds and different styles throughout the whole movie. It was very interesting to me that the song kind of breaks the fourth wall as well. That it's not just part of the soundtrack that the audience hears, but it's in the movie, it's in the elevator code, it's in the main character humming it and singing yeah. it and all this stuff. Like it's it's kind of a a part of the movie uh in in the story and in, in the experience of the audience as well yeah the song kind of serves especially with the humming of it um to me kind of humming or it plays a part of the representation of the other you know something better that you can mm-hmm. try to get to um <laughs> trying to word it correctly because we're still <laughs> a good ways away from. How are we? An hour and forty-four minutes in, and we're like at the party. Um, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, we're it's... not. We're not doing the scene by scene breakdown. We're just like. But the discussion of the movie is yeah. interesting because I knew it was going to be such a triggering film for you. Like I said, I <laughs> I was like, man, this has to be like super. Jake loved it. It probably triggered him heavily. And yeah, every scene of the movie, way. I was just like, man, I bet Jake is just like, this is fucking happening. Like, this is what <laughs> I, we don't want. Like, people. <laughs> <laughs> there were so many times that that happened. Like, different lines of dialogue. There's a scene where, uh, let me find it. There's a scene that is very appropriate to exactly what you're saying. Where, where's the fucking credit score scene hold on let me search for this credit rating yeah there's a scene where he's like don't fight it son just confess quickly (laughs) if you hold out too long it could jeopardize your credit rating and i was like this happened during covid (laughs) like there were so many things it was a joke in 1985 but it's real now this exact tactic was used during covid that just give in we're not making you do it we're not mandating anything yeah but if you don't do it you won't be allowed to work and you won't be allowed to go into the grocery store and you'll have your children taken away so we're just gonna beat you down until you decide uh but it's your choice if you want to do that and and 
to the point where uh, neighbors were being encouraged to call the cops on neighbors who had small gatherings or anyone over. Um, yeah, what a weird time, dude. But we don't need to go down that rabbit hole. That's a scary yeah, rabbit hole forever. to go down to. Um, yeah. Ow. Sorry, I had like an eyelash in my eye. Now it's all fucked up. Uh, it's the government. <laughs> probably. Damn you! Uh, <laughs> we haven't really talked about his dream very much. The Okay, let's, let's get to and the dreams. Because there's a couple and then one kind of mix like yeah vision or hallucination what have you uh mm-hmm. yeah sam dreams of himself being this like angel figure with weird hair yeah. david bowie makeup uh <laughs> which was honestly that first dream was kind of off-putting and i was a little mm-hmm. like I hope this isn't the look of the main guy because I'm probably <laughs> not going to take it too serious. But then I was like, yeah. but maybe that's the point, but that, that was neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the, Jill the first dream is very much just, he's flying across a beautiful field. And then these skyscrapers, gray, ugly skyscrapers burst through the ground ruining the countryside and i guess that's basically his whole dream is that the civilization that he's trying to escape and would enjoy a nice peaceful open free landscape is just being ruined and smothered by these cities Mm -hmm. yeah and then you've got like freaky baby-faced monster people things (laughs) uh Uh jill with long hair is constantly like trapped because that very first vision or dream that he has, she's like floating in the air while he's flying in the clouds. And then, yeah, then she's always in a cage from like there on out. Yeah. Whether she's being drugged around by those baby scary monsters or, (laughs) or, or he gets, she gets cut loose and is floating away in that cage. And he has to like try to catch her. I very much felt that he, he has like, he would love to be a hero. He would mm-hmm. love to save the princess. He would love to like, whether it's the, I think the wings of course represent freedom and flying and all that stuff, but then also just fighting to save, fighting to be a hero. He would, it, it would be great to be a hero. It'd be yeah. great to have any sort of, sort of accomplishment well, in that sense. It's like in his dreams, he's got courage to fight he's got yeah. courage to or just in general to stand up yeah. when he doesn't in normal you know, life doesn't stand up to his mom doesn't stand up to anybody he's, else uh, he kind of like his attire is like warrior angel attire mm-hmm. you know it's a big old breastplate he's got armor on he's got the cool sword yeah. uh, that he's not really great with but at least he's got one <laughs> But yeah, uh, he fights that giant samurai samurai. <laughs> it's like a samurai warrior robot, which like, was another moment. It, that first time I was watching it, the samurai showed up and was like, what the fuck? Now there's a samurai. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course there's a samurai. It's very subtle. But if you look closely, the samurai has like knobs and computer like parts as part of its like armor. And so I took it as like 
that's his battle against the information yeah. apparatus, the, yeah. the government's like the government machine, basically. If he can defeat that, then he can save Jill and he can be free, that kind of thing, I think. Oh, but it's such right. an odd, it's very much cut in a way that you see these different dreams and then from each one, it cuts to him in the real world and he's always waking up. You're like, mm -hmm. he definitely was just dreaming that thing. And so I was thinking that the whole time. I still think that I think that the whole time. But there's a part where it makes me question it, which is the end. I don't know if it's too early to get to the end, but you did already bring up the baby mask. Yeah, well, I, so, I brought up the baby mask, but like, I know where you're going. I know what I know <laughs> what you're you're about to say. I was yeah. hoping not to get to it that early because okay. I was cool. going to ask you the question. So okay, <laughs> I have specific notes for that. We will wait. Okay, okay. Uh, so before we get to that, um, mm -hmm. I mean, I guess we could. We, I mean, since we're not like actually doing scene by scene, I guess just the conversation yeah. it doesn't really matter. I wrote down like all of the different themes that I like I identified in the movie. And of course, authoritarianism and all of that stuff is a big part of it. The heroism and the romance that mm -hmm. he longs for is a big part of it. I I I don't one of the reasons I think that this movie should be talked about more is I think that it has to have been very inspirational. I mentioned the opening scene with the just the cold open and then the explosion instantly reminded me of children of men. And yeah. I was like, that's one of my favorite sci-fi movies it has to be influenced by that. There's so many blade runner type things, uh, blade runner, just the, the aesthetic and the style and the, and all of that, but also just like there's scenes where there's a stabbing saxophone, like noir style. I was like, that's so blade runnery. And then, the the love story is so similar to like the Truman show in yeah. my mind that he he has this longing for someone that he's never met that he knows so specifically, but she's kind of outside of his realm and and he and so there's just so many different things I was like it had to have been influenced by all of that stuff. I didn't even think about the Truman show parallel. That's a really interesting. Yeah, it's just like a normal guy who's kind of in a system and doesn't really know or doesn't really care too much until he 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 doesn't want to bring down the system he just really wants to find meaning in his life and a big and a more a more meaningful relationship with this woman yeah uh, a big theme to me besides the obvious the the authoritarian or anti-authoritarian kind of like we have to get away from this stuff um mm -hmm. I, I took this movie as a, and again, conjecture, I guess. Like, this is just kind of what I took. Uh, mm -hmm. I feel like this movie really boils down to Sam just trying to find his own identity because he's always just having to follow yeah. the path that's kind of put for him by his mom's influence. If you follow the, the kind of, I guess theory that his dad, the Jeremiah was like, is the head of all things. Um, mm -hmm. Then I, I kind of took it as, as a, a journey of finding identity 
and kind of it kind of reminded me obviously of like not to spoil it instantly but kind of shutter island <laughs> parallel of like yeah you know what i mean um mm-hmm. that that was a big thing to me that i, I really respected on it i was like I, I obviously i'm a big fan when a movie can like hit some deep chords and, and i feel like identity is such a massive subject that so many people misinterpret if you like yeah. everyone wants to find themselves everyone wants to to know who they are and that uh, mm-hmm. sure but your identity like you have to know your identity you need someone to help influence you to find and become your identity you're only you know you and, and if you know that you're going to aspire to something greater then you need to work towards that that you're worth more so i think that's like a big thing for sam as he constantly and that's kind of to me what his dreams represent of just mm-hmm. he knows he can do more he's capable of something greater than what he's doing uh even though when you first meet him he's very much like i just want to stay where i'm at i'm just like <laughs> leave me alone yeah. and that's relatable I mean, too that's because the trap that's yeah. the trap it's, that's it's what's comfortable yeah and, and in a way that's his way of rebelling against that path of influence it's like his whole life has already mm-hmm. been so if he can use complacency and and kind of a like dead end job yeah. then that's what he wants to do but he knows he should and can do so many greater things which i guess mm-hmm. kind of really fuels his drive and obsession for jill because he's like he just connects mm-hmm. her to that um of course, assuming the question that you and I were probably both thinking and we're going to ask each other. Um. <laughs> so before that, other important themes, I think, are vanity, of course, with the, the plastic surgery and every emphasis on fashion and all of that stuff, even down to, I guess the vanity ties in very heavily with consumerism setting it at christmas there's a lot of like consumerist things that happen yeah it's just in the background it's not a big part of the story but you see like during the big christmas shopping spree there's a lady with a sign that's like consumers for christ (laughs) right it's it's more about consumerism than it is about the actual religious holiday And and the, the little girl on, on Santa's lap, she's like, "I want a credit card." <laughs> <laughs> and the, all the ads for the the ducks is like, "You can you can dress up your ducks to make them look so nice." Like that's the vanity and the consumerism kind of crossing over with each other. Uh, instead of actually addressing the real problem, it's just like we'll just cover it up and then and it'll be out of sight, out of mind. So that's 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 not good. Without talking about the main point of their relationship and ultimately where his journey ends which is i think the most important part of the movie uh that that's all i've got really okay okay well that fucking baby mask dude the fucking baby yeah um when when he gets knocked out the first time after the big bombing in the uh, store, <laughs> my complication had a complication. 
gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. When he got knocked out, I was like, oh, did he just get arrested? But of course, he's like free to roam in the truck. And it's only when he's like still pursuing and the guy knocks him out again. And then it's like he's back home. But when he's actually mm-hmm. arrested. <laughs> which. I mean, bad timing, dude. At least you got laid once, I guess. Uh- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the It's interesting. Like you see her with long hair and you're like, are you still dreaming? And then she pulls it off and it's a wig. Yeah. That took me out of it for a second. I was like, where did you get a wig? Like, what? Wh- am I crazy right now? No, I just like, I was confused on the wig, but since they're at his mom's home that's true i was like oh yeah his mom would totally have i mean she's already doing all the the plastic surgery and have all the accoutrement uh of stuff to change her appearance so i was gonna make a joke about his mom's lingerie again but uh, she doesn't really wear any lingerie no there's a ribbon but it is freaky when he's uh on his runaround in a few scenes and he he sees his mom at the funeral and it's jill um which Mm -hmm. i think the actress that played jill when she's playing that iteration of his mom she's like perfect in that scene all the little Mm -hmm. nuances that she does with her face are just like to me (laughs) yeah this is something about that really really caught my attention and i focused pretty heavily on that both times watching it uh but yeah but before that he finally like him finally getting laid and he's like i got this plan and he goes out and he you know he does the air i am in the elevator getting away from the russian Mm -hmm. nazi cops um who literally have the like soviet union propaganda sign but it's like not the Russian, but if you've ever <laughs> right. seen historical photos, you're like, that's um Yeah. Same style, same colors. <laughs> yeah, same you're like that's a very information is power and dark yeah. period of time right there, folks. <laughs> okay. Um yeah. for those that don't know the uh Soviet Union propaganda signs from back in the day, you mm. should have paid more attention in history class. We'll just yeah, it at that. Yeah. Um, Google it. <laughs> Google it. Yeah. No, that's too easy, Jake. You should have paid attention <laughs> in history. History is important. Damn it. <laughs> you mean the government runs schools? Yeah, good idea. I meant like and tell the whole story. Yeah, no. <laughs> we'll erase that part. <laughs> we don't need this. We'll pretend yeah, this moment never happened. Uh, on a list. <laughs> lost my train of thought (laughs) (laughs) all good uh yeah so the the get i don't remember where we are he got arrested he got arrested he's been arrested after getting laid (laughs) fully arrested straight jacketed whole nine yards yeah and and that's when like they list off all of his offenses which is essentially the whole movie you have watched (laughs) that's the Mm. like everything this dude has done since he went to the office late has been mm-hmm. held against him as like a federal fucking crime. This is yep. nuts. A couple of them. You're like, 
yeah, forging a signature on a government document. That's yeah, that's gonna get you yeah, in trouble. <laughs> yeah, we get right. that. Um, <laughs> but letting a guy fix your your HVAC unit unsanctioned, mm-hmm. like even just that trying just to save fix you the money, error you were just trying to fix the error. <laughs> everybody knew was an error. You're trying to fix that. That's not allowed either because it, it was sanctioned and closed. But yeah, then they're like, he's taken into the the torture room or like the that big dome interrogation interrogation yeah. and did you notice it's like all dentist style chair and tray and some of the tools yeah. minus the pacifier and the rubber ball um <laughs> yeah which are again That's true like what the fuck is a pacifier and a like a bouncy ball doing on this tray of torture i'm not gonna mm-hmm. I'm not going to go down I don't that route. Find out. I know that. <laughs> but then the doctor, his friend, comes walking in, and that was like the baby mask. Yeah, he has mm-hmm. that dude. The shot is weird. Yeah, it's such a like. It doesn't feel right. It it feels mm-hmm. just slightly. I don't know. Off keel. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> but he does that like weird turn and that was the screenshot with the baby mask. And to mm-hmm. me, I was like, oh, now I have all the context. I understand all the context for this movie because that was the screenshot. It's always that. Yeah. And the mom or the ladies, you know, before you know it, it's mm-hmm. mom, but her cheeks being pulled off of her, her face. Yeah. And yeah, uh, stretched. I just shook my head of just like, this is such a fucked up way to like culminate this is like his friend his only actual friend throughout the movie up until his friends like dude Mm -hmm. stay away from me until this all blows over like oh (laughs) yeah and it's (laughs) it's for fans of monty python it's fun having michael palin play Mm -hmm. jack lind he's great in it um but the from the first time that he goes up to his office he's been promoted he goes up to his office he talks to the lady at the receptionist desk and she's like transcribing the torture that's been happening. (laughs) And then, and and you like are reading it on the paper and then she pulls off a headphone and you hear like screams of agony as they're trying to like interrogate this person. And she's like, Oh, hun, can I get you? What am I, what, where, who are you here to see? And all this stuff. (laughs) And then he goes into his office and he has like blood all over his trench coat. And he's like, Oh, hey, nice to see you in my office. Congratulations on the promotion and all the stuff. Welcome to the top floor. And this should be a glaring red flag to him. But the, yeah, of course, the friendship is not of actual substance because when right. he's in the actual torture chair, he's in the padded room and all that stuff, uh, the guy's going to tow the company line. He's going to be do the job and not actually be your friend. And for him to be wearing the baby mask, the thing that I have the biggest question about and that I am curious if you were also touching on is the baby mask is shown at the end in the interrogation scene. He's the doctor's wearing it for whatever reason. I call him a doctor. He's wearing a lab coat. He's not really a doctor. He's just a torture guy. Um, he's wearing a baby mask, but you saw the baby mask earlier in his dream mm-hmm. with 
when the, the 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 creatures that were pulling Jill in the floating cage, they had baby masks on. They lifted their veil and they have a baby mask on. Which makes me so curious if it's told in order and the dreams are actual dreams and every time you see him wake up, that's from the dream that you just saw. It makes sense when you're watching it. But how did he know? How did he envision a meeting Jill and B this baby mask at all. Why would you imagine a baby mask in any way, shape or form? So part of me is like either. Okay. I have two theories. One, <laughs> the Jill thing doesn't matter. And he just, for some reason had picked up on her picture subconsciously and fell in love with her before he actually met her. And that's the dreams. That's why she was in his dreams. But the baby mask is so specific that I feel like when he sees his friend wearing the baby mask at the interrogation room, potentially he's, potentially he's already losing his mind mm -hmm. and superimposing the dream mask onto his torturer guy. That's one option. The other option is that the dreams are all out of order and and they aren't what he's waking up from from the the whole part of the movie he's having the dreams as part of his after he's lost his mind right. at the end of the movie and they're all foreshadowing of where he will end up basically um those are the only things i can think of is that have anything to do with what you thought they, yeah. they were yeah yeah okay. i figured um when the baby mask came up that first time, I was just kind of like very thrown off by it because it felt it felt random and out of place. But at the same time, it was very much like, oh, there's such that crazy focus on it. Like he has that mm -hmm. specific turn, which feels off that that shot mm -hmm. feels so purposefully wrong right. that I think there's something more to what is happening. Um, I had wondered with the, not the first time, because the first time I was just still trying to figure out what I was watching, <laughs> but that second mm -hmm. time I watched it, I definitely had that thought during the, when the like baby masks in his dream are first revealed. And I had mm -hmm. that thought of like, well, wait a minute. I wonder how much of the journey in the film actually happens or happened mm -hmm. and how much is like is this just the way his mind is replaying the events to find peace or whatnot and the big one that really it's not even the baby mask that actually makes me question the sequence or like the events it's mm -hmm. when he fights the samurai in the store after the the bombing happens when Jill, like him and Jill have that very split second argument where he's like, yeah. you know, you're a terrorist. I fucking knew it was a bomb. And she's like, it's bribes. Now help me help people. And they like immediately are like, okay with each other. Mm -hmm. but then the samurai shows up and he has to fight the samurai again, but then mm -hmm. he gets knocked out. Um, I wonder if his mind, if the events actually happened, so the Buttle Tuttle thing actually happened, 
if mm-hmm. or not if, but I think I think majority of the events that we see in the film actually happen. But I think when he loses his mind, his mind is superimposing all of the or kind of like splicing in the fantasy stuff, the baby mask, mm-hmm. which I think he sees for the first time on Jack. But then mm-hmm. as his mind is processing leaving, if you will, um, that image is just seared into it and mm-hmm. into his memories or in his fantasy. And I think all the angel stuff is actually where his mind has just kind of gone. That's how his yeah. mind has decided to process. So I don't think they're actually in order. I think the sequences or the fantasy dreams, whatever are actually kind of reversed. Mm-hmm. I think the first one we ever see is actually how his story is over because yeah. I think that's heaven because they mm. tell him in the padded cell, which I think he actually was in. I think he was in the right. padded cell. They tell him, you know, well, it turns out Jill died resisting arrest. And he's like, Oh, I did that. Cause that's when you find out that was how he, that was his plan to get Jill off the grid and out of the government's yeah. eyes by killing yeah. her. He prints the paper that says that puts her in the system as having been deceased. Yeah. And then he says, and then he tells her that he killed her off. And and it's like uh, the most romantic, but off putting gross line of all time where she's like, you care for a little necrophilia. And you're like, I get the joke. I would be down for the joke. Gross. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's better ways to go about that. Right. But I mean, that's a well-timed. But good on you. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not opposed to it. But then that old guy in the padded cell tells him like, well, the weird thing is it happened twice. And that's kind of yeah, like, oh twice. shit, Jill died. And that was the machine gun fire <laughs> you hear when the screen goes black during his arrest. Um, mm-hmm. So I think the, the dream fantasies or whatever are actually reversed. And I think the events of the movie actually happened. And when he sees the samurai, I think that's when they're kind of like his mind is actually crossing. So mm, okay. that's kind of my theory. Mm-hmm. So similar to that. what you were thinking, I, I think I think the movie is definitely post interrogation. Oh, you think the whole movie is? Yeah, I, yeah. I think the whole movie is pretty much post-interrogation is mm-hmm. just his mind. This is how his mind is processing it. So you as the viewer know how he got to mm-hmm. that chair. Um, I think that that tracks and, and even if not, I do find it interesting. One of the things I read is that Terry Gilliam came up with the end first mm-hmm. and, and admitted that the, the whole ending of the movie is basically what he had decided on what, how do you get a character to that place where they have decided what what world could they be in where they as a mechanism to refuse to be a part of it any longer essentially it's a better outcome to break mentally mm-hmm. to to lose your mind to avoid that suffering um what sort of a world and what sort of a life would get them to that place and then worked backwards from there and ended up in this kind of world. And so I think that 
whether he meant to tell the story in that way or not, it makes sense that that's how the story was devised and written, that you get to that place, you do that thing, and then and then work back from there, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also read, and I know you read this too. Actually, this was like part of the th- thread that I saw, that message thread that I was like, oh shit, they, like, they're talking about the ending. <laughs> mm-hmm. Was the studio hated his version or his <laughs> ending to mm-hmm. the point where they like re-edited it and like forced him to have the happy ending they have like a name for it i can't remember what the name for it is um, yeah it's the love conquers all version love conquers all the yeah. the shineberg edit sid shineberg <laughs> was the executive at uh, universal i think <coughs> where it, it ends on the happy note part of me thought when i finished it the second time of like i'm curious to watch the happy mm. ending version just to see like do they cut it off with them in their their little house that he's like that's where he's going to I don't want to say live out his days but that's where he's like <laughs> ending it mm-hmm. um, that's the only like possible spot I feel they could have ended it in this Love Conquers mm-hmm. All but I thought it wouldn't make the movie wouldn't make sense if it ended like that. And I don't know if it's just because the version we watched is Terry Gilliam's original ending. Like this is his version. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. We did watch the whole 142 minute European version director's cut version, which I think is what he fought to get out there. Um, But I, I was reading some of what the other version has and it seems like it's not just the ending change. A lot of other things along the way change to make it try to, A, be more lighthearted, cut out swearing and things like that. But then also, so I think some of the, the terrorism was kind of moved around and stuff. So it seemed like a much more complicated thing. I'd be interested in seeing it for sure. But I do really like this one. I liked particularly when it seems like there's going to be a happy ending and it's like kind of, all sunny and and fields and stuff and then you see those two men kind of just enter frame well yeah it's like a interrupt just like nope (laughs) yeah they interrupt the fantasy by like bursting into it basically and and yeah and then that's when you kind of realize no you are stuck here you are going crazy and you're never getting out and i'm like i love this movie this is yeah so dark so twisted but so perfect i i love the ending and when i found out about like the the other kind of ending or cuts i was like man that just feels wrong because this this cut genuinely makes sense terry gilliam was right to stick to his Mm -hmm. guns with this and fuck everyone else his vision was right and as dark and you know not exactly the happy ending that (laughs) you might want uh it's like a bittersweet ending because him ending up with jill just wouldn't actually track with the rest of the movie i feel unless you rewrote the entire rest of the movie you know, shuffling mm-hmm. stuff around or taking a little terrorism out. 
I don't think would actually help make it make sense. Him and Jill. Yeah. To me, his obsession with Jill and their connection makes more sense as if that's like more his mind kind of like piecing it together. Coping. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, especially finding out that she was actually murdered. Like now he's really going to. And, and if you think of it that way, at least to me, that explains like the whole idea of like, you have to keep going. We have to keep driving. We have to keep, you know, as he's like mm -hmm. frantically telling her and in the dreams or the fantasies, whatever they are, he's constantly just like frantically trying yeah. to get to Jill. Um, and it fuels his, if only I could have been. Uh, yeah. If, if only, only I could have I been could there. Have resisted and, and fought harder to save you, then we could be happy together. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I don't think any other cut of this movie would make sense. Sure, it's mm -hmm. dark, but that's why it kind of reminds me of like Shutter Island, you know, not to spoil that if you haven't seen Shutter Island, but it has that element to it, at least to me, where it's yeah. like an understanding. Yeah, an understanding of I can't go on like this. And my only right. other option is this. So this is where mm -hmm. we're going. Um, I had to laugh that second time I watched it because I was like, the ending to Brazil is not that like shocking. That first time I saw it, mm -hmm. I was like, Oh shit. Like bummer. <laughs> like, Oh dang, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. But the second time I watched it, I was like the whole movie. I was like, Oh, the ending makes perfect sense. Like this makes everything that happens in the movie makes way more sense now that I yeah. know how it culminates and I'm able to track it, you know, it's like, it's like Tuttle being like the paper is just attacking him and he like vanishes and then the SWAT shows back up and it's, yeah, it's frantic. It's chaotic, but it makes so much sense <laughs> when you watch it, especially that second time around. Um, mm -hmm. Dude, this was such a wild movie. Wild <laughs> fucking movie. <laughs> yeah it really was i i had no idea what to expect and i can't even say that it surpassed my expectations but it really did because it is a really good movie i really 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 liked it yeah i feel like i'll watch it more and more as well and get more out of it because it's so dense so many different little things happening and and you could form different theories, I'm sure. I'd be interested to hear other people's theories if you think it just went the way it was presented or whatever. Yeah, I, I want to know like what other theories there are about it. Um, I didn't see anything from Terry Gillian himself kind of like fueling any theories or like blatantly shutting some down or whatever. He just mm -hmm. kind of seems to be like, I made that movie and... <laughs> that's what I wanted to make. So that's what we did. Uh, I started, started trying to read fan theories. I think people have gotten the people that know about the movie and like it a lot have tried to like make it make sense more and more as well. And, and some theories were a little bit crazier. I didn't get as deep as I wanted to in the time we had to prepare for this, but one of them was like, maybe Jill doesn't exist at all. And she's just like, a, a another side of Sam that she's the more resistant side or the 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 
female side, whatever. She's just another piece of his personality that is portrayed in this memory as okay. another person or something like that. I feel like um, with that which could be, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like if that's the case with Jill, then that definitely has to be the case with Tuttle. I feel like Tuttle, if anyone's going to be oh, yeah. kind of an alter ego <laughs> or part, yeah. not, like, I feel Tuttle has to be that one. Cause Tuttle is. Yeah. I yeah. I, I thought that, I didn't think that specific thing, but I got that kind of impression of his relationship with Tuttle that Sam is very much a person that has been by the book and following the rules. And then when Tuttle shows up, he's pretty quick to accept, oh, this guy's going to help me out. And then it's not long before he's like, no, he's my friend. <laughs> right. like, we are friends. He's going to like <laughs> bail me out of situations. Yeah, he could definitely be an alternate personality or just another piece of his personality hey, yeah depending on how you that he's learning to accept more and more or something Dude, brazil like is a total rabbit hole i definitely i think i'm gonna make it a a, a goal at some point this year um mm -hmm. i i kind of want to do like i don't even know what order i would have to do it in maybe maybe <laughs> time bandits brazil 12 monkeys and I know mm -hmm. you haven't seen Time Bandits yet. No. Very quirky, weird movie. It's another one that's kind of hard to explain, but I think you would really dig it. It's a fantasy film. It's not, not very sci-fi, I don't remember. But Time Bandits is fantastic. But the aesthetic of it, the set pieces of it, and the set pieces mm -hmm. and kind of feel of 12 Monkeys, really, okay. I was like, dude, this feels like a trilogy like yeah weird to me and sure shit i mean it's not an official trilogy <laughs> but sure shit gilliam has said like time bandits 12 monkeys in brazil are his mm. like dystopian trilogy or whatever i forget what name he actually gave it and i was like yeah. i think i want to watch all three back to back i just need to figure out what the order to watch them would be just to see mm. like are they connected are they like, <laughs> is there a he, even bigger overall message? Cause 12 monkeys is also very much like kind of keep your, your guard up over authoritarian government and like mm -hmm. what you're being told might not always be the actual case. And if you find out the truth, that might not be the narrative that the big <laughs> guys want to actually go with. Um, and mm -hmm. time bandits is, well, time bandits is fantasy. It's hard to explain how that one would tie in because it's, <laughs> it, it's about, it's about, are they bandits who are stealing time or are they bandits who are traveling through time? A little bit of both. They steal okay. a map from God to help them travel like through time and, and, and kind of steal okay. stuff. Yeah. Very, very fun. At one point, one of the sets is made out of like Legos, and that's such oh, a nice. cool set. Yeah, it's like exaggerated Legos. Very cool set piece. <laughs> um, I got to figure out the. But I thought when I finished Brazil that second viewing, I was like, this would be a. I feel like if I watched those three back to back, mm -hmm. I feel like I would be left with such a weird. I don't want to say profound or anything, but just kind of a like, ooh. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> like like a very humbling experience i feel mm -hmm. it would be a very a, a nice experience so I, I think i'm gonna make that a goal at some point is okay is that the case but very gilliam's eye is so weird i respect the hell oh, yeah. out of it. i can't help but Specific. really love it yeah there's a unique style and it's clear i mean anybody who's seen monty python is a very specific style as well but I enjoy seeing these movies. I'm glad he went on to direct and continue to write other movies that aren't um, aren't Monty Python related because right. they're very interesting. They are interesting. They're always weird. They always make you kind of be like at one point thinking to yourself, "What the fuck am I watching?" Um, yeah. Even with pushes like, the boundaries of your of your thought process. <laughs> right. Right. So much fun. I'm glad I finally crossed it off and yeah. uh, found out what it was. I don't know that I know exactly what it was, but I liked what <laughs> I saw. So I will I, see it again. I did really enjoy it, even even though I spent you know half the movie, the first viewing of just being like, "What did Jake get us into?" Um, <laughs> I was a little worried for a, a, a little bit there that I was gonna like not like it, but yeah. I enjoyed it. I very much enjoyed it. The more I thought about it, the more I, I realized how much I liked it. Talking with you about it made has also made me be like, oh, man, I got a lot more out of that movie than I initially thought. And that mm -hmm. makes me happy because I like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it kind of helps me process it as well because I'm like, <laughs> I like this. I, I get some of the things, but then hearing your thoughts, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, actually, that's probably right. Or... <laughs> I like I didn't put piece together the whole wings mean freedom thing until I was saying the words. I was like, actually, no, obviously, duh. <laughs> such a cool movie. It, it's definitely worth a watch. There's, uh, I agree that it should be on that list of a thousand movies you should see. Um, such a cool movie. Yeah, very unique. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so glad I understand yep. the context of those screenshots now. I get it. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. There <laughs> you would never be able to guess what the context is, so you really have to like, see it to get it. At all. At all. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, we want to know what you thought if you hate this movie, which I could see some people really disliking it because it's such a strong style. Um or if you love it or if you're in the middle mm -hmm. And if you have other thoughts about it, or if there's any parts, there's a lot that we didn't there's a talk lot about. We didn't. So if you, yeah. if you want to talk about it more, uh, hit us up on Instagram or YouTube, leave a comment, or even just DM us. Yeah. We're not trying to get engagement. We're just trying to talk to you about it because we think it's <laughs> awesome. So yeah, shoot us a message and we're happy to talk about it more. Always happy to talk about movies, obviously. Um, Mm -hmm. thank you again everyone we appreciate the hell out of you make sure you subscribe do all that good stuff follow us um go get your cool swag and dude it's gonna be a good year this good uh, we got some cool shit lined up some fun episodes coming your guys's way uh yeah our schedule's already filling up uh, yeah. it's gonna be a really good one <laughs> yeah um, our best ever i would say i'm very excited for what's to come so happy to have you guys with us I think that's it. That sounds good. Cool. We'll see you guys next time. See you guys.